Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of December 1st, the first episode of December. Uh, and the first week of December this year happens to be Dome Week, the Gateway Dirt Nationals uh, getting ready to launch this Thursday through Saturday out in St. Louis. And pretty big event. We're pretty excited. So I figured we would uh, spend the most of the podcast uh, this week talking about that. I'm Joshua Joyner, uh, Dirt on Dirt.com staff writer, joined by the rest of the Dirt on Dirt editorial staff, Kevin Kovac, Robert Holman, and Todd Turner. It seems to be, to me at least, that this year's Dome is probably one of the most anticipated ones, going back to maybe the first one a few years ago, um, that I've noticed. And I think a lot of that, like most, a lot of events this year, uh, has to do with the fact that it was canceled last year because of COVID-19 restrictions. I personally was supposed to go last year for the first time to cover it for Dirt on Dirt, didn't get to go. And so this year will be my first trip out there. And I'm pretty, pretty excited for it. And I think a, a lot of people, other people are kind of in the same boat that had plans to go last year, whether it's for the first time or not, but are excited to get back out there uh, this time around. I figure since it's going to be my first time and our other three uh, folks here on the podcast have all been before, we'd start by letting them kind of uh, tell me and listeners who may not have been before or at least forgot because we didn't go last year, kind of what to expect uh, with indoor racing at the Dome. Uh, this weekend. Uh, Kevin, I'll start with you. Give me one thing to expect uh, that's unique to the Dome and and indoor racing that we're going to see this weekend in St. Louis. Well, it's just a completely unique atmosphere. Uh, There's there's nothing else that really could compare to this where when you go in, you're going into a big city. Well, you know, St. Louis isn't the biggest of cities anymore, and a downtown area isn't really busy. Uh, if if you really want to talk about it, God, it seems like uh, it's there's not even a lot of traffic downtown, uh, right where the the dome is. And but still, it's a city, and you're going into this uh, this big. You know, you're not. It's, it's not the the rural area that most of these racetracks are at. Uh, you go downtown. I mean, you got your hotel right across the street. I mentioned that in Fast Talk this week. That was like, that's one of the kind of the neat things. There's the dome right in the middle of the town, right in the city. And and you walk out the door and right across the street's the Holiday Inn that we uh, stay at. So uh, that makes it, uh, you, know, you don't you don't get that at any other racetrack unless you're uh, staying in a camper, I guess. Um, so I really, I, that's a really neat little feature of the dome. But uh, you just you feel it though when you get in there. It's something totally different. I mean, you obviously you can't go anywhere else where you're running indoors uh, for with a dirt late model on a temporary racetrack. Uh, and, and it's such and, and you feel that this is the place that's had big events. You know, they've uh, the St. Louis when the Rams were in St. Louis, they played there. You know, there's been huge concerts there. There's been uh, other sporting events there. It's just it's just a really uh, it's a big time venue that. Uh, gives you that chance to put those videos up on the board of the drivers. You get the great sound system. You get those TV lights that pop up when uh, for the big race. Uh, it's just you, you don't feel that anywhere else. I mean, it, even the crowd noise. I mean, being indoors, it, it accentuates it. You know, anytime something happens and people start yelling or go ooing and on, it's uh, you're just you're just gonna get something that you don't see. Uh, you don't experience any other time all year. Yeah, I, I can't imagine any uh, other racetrack uh, driving into it. The scenery being what you see going to the the dome, drive, or at least however you get to the dome. Um, I'm, I'm apparently going to be making it there by train uh, from the airport. I was told just now as I get ready for my first trip there. But uh, Todd, what about you? What's something unique to the dome that uh, you can uh, kind of preview for us, first timers going out there for the first time this year? Well, I think Kevin hits on a lot of it. It's just the the the, you know, in our sport, we're so often go to tracks and lots of great racetracks, 
but many of them are lacking this or lacking that. You know, they don't have the amenities. You may be, you know, being uh, um, having to having to sit somewhere that you can't really see, or you're getting dusty, or you don't have good bathrooms. You know, whatever it is, all these problems are kind of solved with the, you know, the dome and and all the things Kevin talked about that they're they're so enjoyable there. It's just so nice to be able to like sit in a comfortable seat, uh, plenty of room, uh, and and really enjoy, you know, the 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 lack of a weather issue uh you got concessions and restrooms and just you know and again right in the middle of the city so you're close to lodging and that kind of thing it's 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 just i don't think we all uh, anticipate before it happened exactly what that would mean to this event but it is just it's it's the, the level of comfort and the lack of worries about it is so nice uh whereas it's a little little trickier you know at outdoor events and all the other tracks we go to, we, we we get to enjoy, I guess, the amenities that most big time major sports are getting to enjoy on a, on a weekly basis. So I think that's the that's that's the bonus here, and and it's kind of a clearly it draws lots of people, lots of competitors. It's one of those places, uh, a little bit like Eldora and some of those other weekends where you see lots of people you know and lots of people uh, walking through the walking through the place that are also competitors or also. Uh, uh, that you see all over the place during the during the season. So, uh, uh, you know, a, a real I, I would say off season. We can't say that anymore because I'm not sure it's in between the end of the last season and right before the beginning of the next season. Maybe that's it. But anyway, it's it's that uh, that winter time to to get together. So it's a good uh, it's it's a good event for that type of thing. So it's uh, it's really hard to split a, a space into the dirt lane. I'll schedule here in just a few years and it's uh, uh again we'll be welcome back to after last year's hiatus yes definitely uh it seems to draw an interesting uh i think someone used the word eclectic group of competitors uh for it and then like you said some folks that aren't competing still go and kind of are part of it just being there so that's cool to see but uh speaking of eclectic group of competitors we have a former competitor at least car owner on the show today and robert holman uh you, you got your brother and you have raced at the dome before right robert uh yes we have we went out there the very first year uh, i think they had about 97 uh cars or something like that and uh it's it's definitely a, a unique experience uh that uh that you know I, I recommend everybody trying at least once uh you know I, I really feel like you know it's not cheap of course but it's it's i don't regret it in any shape form or fashion and, and it's even gotten uh much much better much more organized everything is much more fluid than it was that very first year that first year was uh you know, I mean, it was the first year, so there's there's tricky. It was thing getting things organized, and and the uh, and that's one thing that fans uh, and competitors alike who've never been there uh, should kind of keep in mind. While you know, Todd talked about you know the the major league amenities, and we love all those. Well, those amenities come with a price, like some eight dollar hot dog. Uh, you know, sometimes it's uh, taking breaks for. Uh, to let the the fumes or to uh, to let the atmosphere kind of clear out inside the dome, you know, sometimes that happens. So fans need to be prepared to just go in and relax, expect a few breaks here and there that they may not expect at at other tracks, um, and enjoy these 
big league amenities uh, while we do have the opportunity because, man, they, like both Kevin and Todd said, they are really awesome to get to go. And and as a as a car owner who went there and raced, I was pretty much relegated to the pit area where I walked around, saw people, and it was a very, that first day was very, very long, and the format's not the same now, so they've really improved that. And that first day, though, was it was a struggle for me to get through. Of course, I think we had, I think we'd come up the day before. I can't remember, but uh, so it was just a very long day. And I think Kevin and Todd both remember that. But it's gotten better. So I look at it as a as a uh, staff writer, as a writer for for Dirt on Dirt here. And there's so many times when I would just walk around the dome up the top and just go into a random seat just sit there and take it all in and it is uh it is really marvelous to play football inside that used to play football inside that that building and that now they have a, a this makeshift track that is there it's it's really amazing and and uh and like kevin mentioned it's the atmosphere it's the atmosphere and the, the crowd noise that you get from like a monster truck show when when you know somebody gets big air it's like it when the car gets big air at the dome you People, you know it, you know, you look up at the screen and I mean, it's, it's really exciting. So even though sometimes those amenities that we, we long for come at a price in terms of maybe a little bit costly to get in, you know, it, it, that doesn't matter on this particular thing. People use this as a vacation. People use it as a, a Christmas gift. It's, it's great to go and, and take all this in and it's well worth it. I think people are, are first timers are going to be in awe. And I think if you can bring somebody with you, not a first timer. Bring somebody with you, maybe if you can, that hasn't been before, because I promise they're going to want to go back, back the next year. I can't, I can't imagine. I, I would love to go back uh, as a fan and editor, and uh, you know, working on, you know, working on our stuff to hopefully we can can get uh, a little better motor program where we can go back and compete next year. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like we covered the uh, what to expect from the atmosphere. Uh, you know, hit hit a little bit from the fan standpoint, the uh, an attendance, but also the competitor standpoints and standpoint. Uh, I know we'll have a, a good bit of first time dome competitors out there. Um, but let's focus a little bit more about just the, uh, the what to, what the race actual racing this year. Uh, I think one of the cool things about the dome, um, at least in what I've watched, is there it seems to produce a different group of contenders each year. You don't you know when we go to Eldora and all these other big events and the Lucas Oil Series, World Outlaw Series, you kind of, it's the same, you know, it's, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but it, a lot of times it is that kind of the same guys um, that are contending, the same group of guys uh, uh, mostly. Whereas the Dome, you, you tend to see some some unknowns or at least maybe some some of the more regional guys pop up as as contenders. Um, do, you, do we expect to see that again this year? Uh, Kevin, I'll start with you, kind of your thoughts on on that perspective. Yeah, this it's a fifth mile track. It's uh, unknown to everybody other than that once a year they go there. So it, it is a really great equalizer. You know, this racetrack isn't going to be something where you need the biggest motor. Uh, you need the best motor program, you know, the, the to, to be able to win. I mean, Tyler Carpenter showed that uh, two years ago. He swept. He won the preliminary and the feature for $30,000. I mean, that was a huge, huge weekend for a guy who uh, – who struggles with his engine program. He does, he can't go to Eldora Speedway and compete. I mean, I think he has the talent he has, he, he believes he has the race car that could compete, uh, you know, the, the, the technology in his own race car, but that motor program, he just doesn't have enough 
Uh, you know, he, if he if he goes there with his motor, he could end up blowing it up and not be racing for weeks after that. I mean, I, I think a lot of guys uh, have that kind of are in that kind of situation, but they can go here and they can to to the dome and and expect to be competitive if they're a good race car driver. Uh, I mean, you you see it. You know, Rusty Schlenk is another guy. He's he has run very well at the dome. Not a guy that uh, has really been a contender up front at Eldora in the big events. Uh, uh, you also have, I mean, uh, there's just, there's, you could see it through, through the years with uh, some like Chad Zobris is another guy. I mean, he's kind of a small track specialist out there in the St. Louis area and he's run really well almost every year. It seems like at the dome. So that brings that other element in. That I think that's pretty cool where uh, you, you get to see some, some different names, possibly winning uh, i know everybody loved tyler carpenter winning that race uh, you're still going to see the, the 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 bobby pierce's the uh you know the scott bloomquist could be a contender there he won it before and uh and and brandon shepherd's gonna be running donnie shots car again he nearly won it uh a few years ago and uh so tanner english i'm sure he's he's been a, a top uh runner there each year uh but you just you just get a different you 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 have more of a, I think that it opens it up to more and and I'll t- touch also on just the racing there you have to be expect you can't you can't go there if you're a fan a full diehard late model fan expecting to see just what you see outdoors I mean indoor racing no matter what division it is the tracks are smaller it's rough and tumble there you know you you might not get that race surface perfect every time because you only you're just putting it down that well you know a week or two before the race starts so uh it, there's and there's going to be drivers that aren't as experienced also i mean you have that tougher racetrack small racetrack tougher conditions and drivers that might not be as experienced so they might not be able to give the give and take but they want to you know they want to be part of it and stuff too and so yeah you're probably going to see more cautions than you would normally see but that's that's just part of it. I mean that that's part of indoor racing, and you have to kind of accept that uh, to be able to go racing during the winter. Yeah, definitely a, a di- different um, uh, d- dynamic there, the racing. But uh, it's exciting in its in its own way. Um, one, I think Robert talked about cars catching air, um, but that kind of uh, adds to the excitement. Um, and guys are willing to take their cars out there and and go through it. Um, Todd, what about you? Any anything jump out to you from you know going into it this week? Uh, maybe any entries, surprise entries, or, or someone you kind of have your eye on, or anything, uh, like I said, that kind of spices it up this this go-around as we head back to the Dome. I guess the surprise entries are the 25 guys. I don't even know who they are, maybe. Uh, there's there's <laughs> lots of uh, – and and that's not necessarily a negative. As Kevin was saying, this is a track and a situation that uh, anyone can – you know, given the right circumstances. And we've seen Jason Welsh and Patrick Daniel, a number of like unheralded guys come here. And, and when you're on this stage and when you're streaming on Flow Racing and so many eyeballs are on this, you know, these guys who are, you know, might might be a might be a hot shoe of their own track, but are aren't very well known nationally. They get a chance to really shine here. And if you get into that uh, lineup where you can uh uh, be among the guys doing the driver intros. You may be able to, you know, really bring bring something that will everybody will remember you by, and maybe uh, maybe sell some T-shirts and that kind of thing. But uh, I, I like that mix of guys because there's there are lots of accomplished drivers who who again don't get to go. You know, they're not going to go to the big tracks. They're not going to go to national touring events for the most part. But this is a little more manageable and kind of a once a year thing that uh, 
that these guys can go to and and again, you know, win a heat race, uh, have a good qualifying time, whatever it is, get in, get in the mix and uh, and really uh, uh, show what they can do on this little track. Um, and I guess as drivers would say, just because it's little and just because you don't need a lot of motor, that doesn't mean you don't need lots of skills. I mean, clearly the guys who are the best on these little tracks have, sh- have uh, shined uh, here in the last couple of years. So, so we'll see if one of these uh, one of these guys can break through and uh, and uh, a new star of the gateway. You mentioned the uh, surprise entries being the 25 guys you've never heard of. And, and that's one thing I kind of mentioned this, but uh, this event is it, it brings an unusual, an un- unusual, unexpected uh, field. Um, and it gives those guys a chance to, uh, like you said, Todd, had to kind of have something to hang their hat on that it, it may as be something as small as a, you know, top 10 qualifying time or, you know, running well in a heat race. And I know a guy, um, a local guy down here in my area in the Florida Panhandle that I've raced with a lot or, my family and I, we've known a while and has raced with, and I don't even think he's racing late models anymore, but at the time I was running 602. Uh, his name, Blake Martin, had a 602 motor and went out there one year, and he started beside Scott Blomquist in his heat race or something. And I, I don't think he made the show, uh, but just him getting to race with Scott Blomquist was was pretty cool. And I, I know I went to his Facebook profile a little while ago, and it was still pretty prominent, His uh, the picture of him and Scott Blomquist side by side. So uh, everybody gets their own little uh, enjoyment, these guys that come kind of out of the woodwork so to speak, uh, to, to run this show, um, you know, for various reasons, it's, it's, and I think that's pretty cool, uh, uh for guys like that to get to do, to do that. Uh, Robert, what about you? What's something, any, any of these guys, uh, I'm looking at the list, uh, entry list here, any of them jump out to you as maybe a potential, you know, someone we haven't heard of, uh, or at least most listeners haven't heard of that they'll be, you know, that might hear about this weekend, any predictions on that or anyone jump out to you, Robert? Well, you know, first I'd like to kind of continue what you were saying uh, there about about how it means a, a little bit different thing for everybody. I mean, I went back and actually watched the video on on Flow or Dirt on Dirt of the uh, 2016 of of our B main, C main, whatever it was, heat race that that my brother Jim was in. You know, we started beside Kevin Weaver. When when are we ever going to start beside Kevin Weaver again? You know, probably maybe never. Probably never. Uh, Daryl Lanigan, I think, was in that race. Uh, we were racing for fourth. Uh, they're kind of in a wad. I still have a photo from that somebody shot from up above of, of us running like fourth or fifth right there, racing with Tanner English. Who uh, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, hey, we're racing with Tanner English, trying to get a transfer spot here before we before our demise, and and uh, you know we spun out and, and bent some stuff. So. So, you know, it means a little bit different things for for everybody, but that's something that still sticks out in my mind. You know, we're in a heat race with Daryl Lanigan. We're starting beside, uh, you know, Kevin Weaver from Illinois, and, and that's probably – odds are it's never going to happen again. Uh, so so those those things do stand out for for people, and, and, it, and it means a lot. Uh, but as far as looking at the, the list goes, I actually haven't dissected the list, but I do have some thoughts about, about who we may – keep an eye on. And if you know, if you go back and look at that list and you see drivers who are, are competitive at making, who historically, I know that Bell Claire didn't run this past year, but who historically have been competitive at like Bell Claire uh, in Illinois, which is obviously another fifth mile track. Um, that's that this track is kind of modeled after sometimes. Uh, so if you're competitive at, at, at Guys who have historically been competitive at Belclair in Illinois, Macon, Illinois. Uh, I went over to Mountain View 
in Tennessee this year. That's another tiny place. It seems big and wide, but the racing's right around the bottom. And if if those East Tennessee guys that show up over there, if they are if they're competitive or have been competitive at Mountain View this year or last year, you know, keep an eye on those. Uh, Clarksville is another little bitty bull ring that often the racing's right around the bottom. It's not always, but right around the bottom. So those Kentucky guys and Midwestern guys and 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 Middle Tennessee guys who may have gone to Clarksville and be competitive there, those guys that we may not have heard of that the the nation may not have heard of have a real good chance to excel at, at the dome. And it's all about going out and putting down a couple of good laps, setting yourself up so you can start in the, as close to the front of some of these heats or whatever, as you possibly can and avoid the wrecks. And, and you can't be afraid. You also kind of like look at like some of these guys who are sort of aggressive you cannot be afraid to lean on somebody if you expect to get – you can't sit here and follow people. When there's a hole or a gap, you've got to fill it and and get in that space and go on to the next spot. I mean, that's the only way to advance your position if you don't start up front uh, in one of these races. Now, we could all think back in that wonderful run that Shannon Babb had, knocking the spoiler off, you know, in that race. That was, that was wonderful. So guys like that uh, also – on these small tracks, these Midwestern, you know, tracks that like to get up and bang the boards, you know, look for some of those guys to have success too. An aggressive guy who really doesn't mind getting up and, 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 you know, repairing spoilers race after race after race. So look at, you know, a Bobby Pierce, a Shannon Babb, you know, some of those guys that don't mind getting up and banging the boards obviously have a stand a chance to be very successful as well. Yeah, definitely uh, past experience on those short tracks and those aggressive elbows up type tracks will uh, will go a long way for sure. Uh, one thing uh, Kevin was talking earlier and mentioned, uh, you know, the indoor racing is just a different style of racing and those fans who have never been. And he kind of implied that, you know, other events as well, indoor racing. And there are other indoor events, but this is kind of the... Uh, the, the main one for uh, for dirt late models right now and but there are some others uh, in history and that have um, uh, been around and I figured uh, you know we kind of hit on that for a minute and uh, let you guys Kevin you had some you know, an example we were talking about earlier um, don't know if you ever went but you knew about a, an indoor event in the past oh yeah like everyone when this uh, dome race uh, you know uh, came out when Cody Summer uh, announced it for that i think it was 2016 was the first one uh everybody kind of went back and thought to back to that 1982 i believe it was the the race in the silver dome up in uh, pontiac michigan uh when the late models uh ran there they put a, a little little dirt track inside the the silver dome and i mean that must have been i talked i wasn't there i was only nine years old then it was the first year i'd ever went to a race that year so i wasn't wasn't heading out and doing dirt late model races in michigan yet but uh but I, I talked to people that were there, I mean, and, and some guys that even raced in it. And, and that was uh, definitely uh, uh, a, a different thing. I mean, they, they had that big, big event feel because of being in the dome. Uh, but the, the, I remember see, I see the pictures of that track and man, it was uh, that that was definitely different than what they have now in St. Louis. I mean, the cars were per, they were pitted in the infield. For that, I mean, I like can't believe. Uh, I mean, nobody didn't get run over in there. I mean, God, there were cars just all over the place. People parked with their cars all over through the infield, uh, and so, so that was different. And, and 
I, I remember all a couple guys have told me about how it really did get smoky inside there because the dome, you know, that, that was the, a different kind of dome too. You go back to the silver dome. That was one of those ones with the soft roof and the, the air held it up. It was an air held roof. So like it was a kind of a vacuum in there. You don't go into the dome without like you just can't open the doors up outside like they do now at, at the at the St. in St. Louis where they can keep those big doors open. I mean, the cars literally go outside onto the street uh, from the pit area, which is the convention center attached and then come back into the dome through the through the uh, a, a big open door. So and, and it lets some air get in there. But with that that silver dome, they couldn't do that. You couldn't open the door or the place would deflate. You know, that, that roof would just go down. So they had to bring race cars in one spot and then close the door and, and make sure that it would, uh you know, it's like a vacuum there. It's the same thing when you walked into it. It was kind of a interesting kind of a dome. So uh, I, I, I that was definitely a, 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 a memorable event. It only happened one time. I don't think they had a pretty good crowd, I guess, but I don't think it was a moneymaker. They didn't have like the, the real big field or anything. There was more of a invitational type thing where it was just a, more of the top guys were running. Uh, but that was def that was a race that, that, that that's you know, pr pretty fa famous in dirt late model history. And, you know, I, I've been to several other indoor races. I mean, I, the first one I went to was when I was back in the late eighties. And as a kid, they had a micro sprint race inside the Philadelphia civic center, uh, and there was, uh, you know, that was on concrete where they just put the, you know, the Coke syrup down on the racetrack to uh, keep the keep the track sticky. So, I mean, I remember they put so much down that a safety worker, like cars would flip. They would, the micro sprint would just get in there, flip because they would get stuck to the, the, the Coke syrup so much. And then a safety worker runs across the track to try to see what's happening. They, it was so sticky that it pulled their foot or their shoe right off their foot. I mean, they literally tripped because their shoe was stuck in the, in the stickiness of that, uh, of that of uh, Coke syrup or, or I think it was actually Pepsi syrup because one of the people involved was worked for Pepsi. So, but, uh, and the same thing as, uh, as an Atlantic city, I went to a lot of TQ midgets and micro sprints have been running there, uh, since like they they used to run there in the Atlantic city convention sent uh, a boardwalk hall where Miss America pageant was for a long time. Uh, they ran there and, back in the fifties and sixties. And then they started back up again, early 2000s. They're still running there. And, and, and I seen an indoor, the, probably the best surface I ever, I saw one dirt. I'd never been to the chili bowl, but in Trenton, New Jersey, they had a micro sprint race in the, in the, in a little, uh, smaller, uh, arena there. They put dirt down there and that was the best dirt I've ever seen on an indoor racetrack. I mean, that was like black dirt. It, it didn't get dusty. I mean, it was just, I mean, I wish they could just pull that out there and put that in St. Louis because uh, the racing would be even better if they could do that. But uh, St. Louis has to go with what they what they get from, uh, you know, what, what they have to use there. They can't go and get that black dirt. But I mean, that would really be good if they could. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, make things make it interesting there. And uh, Todd, uh, I, you know, usually on you, you for history, but I knew uh, Kevin had mentioned that race up at the um, uh, the in the Thunderdome. Did I say that correct or? It was, but uh, anyway, Todd, do you remember much about that race? That uh, would the be Dirt the Silver Dome. Silver Dome. Sorry. Not the Thunder Dome. It's the Silver Dome, former Sorry. home of the Detroit Lions, okay? Their yeah, only playoff would never happen there. Okay? <laughs> I knew you would know, uh, or you would That's correct right. me on that. Sorry for not paying closer attention. Todd, do you remember that one? Uh, our, our, yeah. uh, you know, our, our resident historian here. I know you said you didn't go, but anything, you remember anything about that one? 
Uh, it's it's before my time. So, I mean, I, what Kevin said is, you know, by talking to other people, those, those are the kind of things I've heard. I do remember seeing the pictures there. It seemed very small. I did, like, hard to imagine they, they could race uh, wide at all. That is one thing you can do in St. Louis. It's, they've gotten to where you can get, you know, even though that's a tiny track, it's amazing how they can get those guys to use different groups. But, but uh, yeah, the Silverdome, you know, uh, since Kevin loves the lines, he's done a little more research about all that stuff, and he he's more familiar with that. But, yeah, before my time, too, and uh, uh, neat, uh, neat got it back. And, yeah, it's it's amazing. It took so long to, to you know, a one-time thing, and now we have things, something that's more established in St. Louis. Yeah, and uh, also the, I shouldn't own the Silver Dome because I think maybe you and you and I were talking about this. Or I know I heard this somewhere recently, Kevin, uh, about the the pressurized roof and how that that you, it, that's what holds up that was holding up the roof there and other domes um, of similar design. And that that really blew my mind. I can't remember when we were talking about that, but um, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that the, uh, the Dome of St. Louis isn't isn't uh, that design because I'd maybe feel a little queasy going in there after, after hearing that. Uh, but anyway, uh, Robert, do you have anything you wanted to add about, uh, the past indoor events or, or anything? Well, just the, uh, you know, the, the dirt late model race wasn't the first indoor race there at Silverdome. They ran midgets there in 1980. Uh, and so, uh, so they ran, they've had a couple of different shows there, but, uh, I think that Robert Smalley from the NDRA had something to do with uh, helping lay the surface down there at uh, at the Pontiac uh, Silverdome there in '82, and uh, so he was really heavily involved with that deal. And and um, from from what I've read, the the thing drew uh, like thirty five thousand fans, which was which was pretty impressive for for you know nineteen eighty two, and they took in about $250,000, quarter million dollars, which is also pretty impressive for, for 1982. And, and of course, uh, uh, Jack Boggs, the, the Hall of Famer, the late Jack Boggs won that race in 82. So, I mean, I can remember seeing photos of like Jerry Inman and I don't have a driver's list from that place, but I can just remember seeing photos from, from just the guys who, Oh, he raced at the Silverdome. That's, that's really cool. You know, to think about that as you, you know, because I I was twelve, and I don't even remember the race happening when I was twelve years old. Uh, but I remember um, a few years after that, later on, it's like you know they had that indoor race, and I'm like, what? You know, and so then you kind of look into it, and you're like, oh yeah, and, and all the stars were there, you know, and it was it was pretty pretty impressive deal to to put that on to do that. And if you look back at some of the pictures, they don't have walls around there where those cars are parked. There's just some tractor tires laying around there. So it's, uh, it could be pretty tricky, I guess, to kind of uh, negotiate your, your way around through there. Cause I know how, how tricky it is there at, at the dome in St. Louis to negotiate around those, uh, those road barriers there. So uh, it's just a, a lot of historical, I guess, connections we have there to the silver dome and, and we can look back and stuff. And if anybody has time to go back and Google the photos, just, just type in like dirt lake model racing at the Pontiac Silverdome and you you can find some excellent photos They're They're out there. So it's, it's not like it, it wasn't, uh, you know, written about or covered. It, it's the information's out there. It's really good stuff. If you want to go back and look at it. I was about to say, all this talk about it has me wanting to go uh, uh, dig up some old photos and I don't know, maybe there's some, some video or something, but um, yeah, it's very interesting. I don't, I don't recall much about that race. I was, uh, that was before I was, even born, but uh, I know when the a dome 
current dome race became a thing, the, the Gateway to our Nationals, there's a lot of talk about it. So uh, I have to go back and research that a little bit. But uh, getting back to the present, I figure we would uh, kind of wrap up our discussion on the dome by maybe doing some some predictions. Um, and first of all, we'll talk a little bit about the format because I think it's a little different than past years, but they are actually splitting the field into two separate preliminary nights uh, for the late models, doing a, a 5,000 to win uh, event for half the field on Thursday, and the other half will race another 5,000 to win event on Friday, and that will determine the uh, who's locked in to the main event for Saturday, the last chance qualifiers uh, to you know uh, to get in the show there for everyone else. Um, so should uh, definitely uh, make things interesting. But um, I think maybe yeah, we kind of talked about this with Robert had some um, uh, some some thoughts on who to watch, but didn't really make a prediction. Um, so maybe predict. Let's go ahead and each predict a a winner and then one. Um, I say dark horse, and he may be your winner too. I don't know, maybe the same guy, but someone, you know, an unexpected contender, I guess, perhaps, to, that you'll be keeping an eye on for this week at the Dome. And uh, Todd, I'll go to you to start this one. I think Bobby Pierce has got to be my the favorite for me. I just, it's just, it's it's his kind of track. You know, he's won there before. He just, um, uh, until somebody else is outrunning him or he has a poor qualifying effort or something, I, I think uh, he would be my favorite. Uh, a, a dark horse, a guy, a name that jumps out at me, and maybe it's because I saw him win uh, on a small track earlier this year, but uh, Kenny Collins, a Georgia driver, is going to be up there, and I like him. Uh like to see, uh, you know, I think things might have to fall his way, but, uh, but he's got the, the talent and the equipment to, to contend at a little track like this. So, so uh, good, luck to, good luck to Kenny, and, and, and good luck to anybody that can beat Pierce, because I think he's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I think I'll uh, I'm gonna go ahead and jump in and do my prediction now because you just took both of mine um, that I was gonna <laughs> gonna pick, and I think it I think it'd be a lot of folks would pick, would pick uh, Pierce uh, to win it, and I'm picking him as well. And since you took Kenny Collins, who I saw as well was going and piqued my interest as a potential uh, you know unexpected contender, but uh, I'll go uh, go with a different one, and I'll say uh, Matt Henderson as my kind of underdog pick. I see him there. I've seen him uh, on the list. I've seen him. Um, really get up on the wheel at some some different tracks and uh, and uh, you know I think he could be one to kind of surprise some folks there uh, some things go his way. Uh, what about you, uh, Kevin? What do you got for uh, winner pick and then uh, a dark horse pick? Uh, I think this year for the winner, uh, I think it's time for Shannon Babb to bring the house down at the at the Gateway Dirt Nationals with the the big win. I mean, he's had some heartbreakers there. I mean, several guys have had some heartbreakers. I mean, like Tanner Englishes and and uh, and Rusty Schlank. I mean, you got, there's there's guys that have come close that have flirted with a win. Ryan Unzicker uh, the last time, remember he he was leading when he flipped uh, two years ago in the race that uh, that Tyler Carpenter won. But man, I, I I think it's just it's time for Shannon Babb to get a win, and 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 the the way that that crowd reacts to him uh, there, you know, I mean that's his, that's like his uh, that's his that's his people there at uh at the dome. Uh, I think it would be really cool to see him win. I, that that's uh, if I had to root for a story, that'd be a good one to to have to write afterwards. And, and as for a dark horse, um, I, I kind of look through that list, and 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 I one that pops out to me is Miles Moose Moose. Um, he had a really good run uh, at Macon, you know, like like Robert said, you know, like if a guy runs good at Macon and Belleville, 
those are tracks that uh that, that kind of could compare to this. So I mean, I, I I feel like he could have a good shot. He was a top five car at making the summer nationals. He did. He was light at at the scales and lost that, but uh, with a little miscalculation, he said he had. Uh, but I, I I think Miles Miles could make a make a run at it, make a make some noise this weekend. Yeah, I agree with the uh, Shannon Babb uh, bringing the house down. If he were to win, that would be um, uh, definitely a, a, uh, a would, would please the fans, I think, and make for a uh, a very good storyline and a great atmosphere there if that happens. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. What about you, Robert? What do you have for a uh, uh, winner pick and a uh, dark horse pick? Well, you know, since you guys seem to have taken uh, low-hanging fruit, so to speak, uh, I'm going to uh, go with Tanner English. Uh, the Kentucky uh, guy who has just uh, really ran well there uh, every time he's been out there and, and it just has some near misses. And I feel like this is the year that, that Tanner uh, has a really, really good chance uh, to get it done out there. He's got good equipment and he's got experience there. So, so I'm going to lean on Tanner English to, to get it done. And then my other guy who is not really a, he could be called a dark horse. So I'm going to put him on that list. I'm going to go with Nick Hoffman. Uh, basically because he's really proficient uh, and different, you know, in the open wheel stuff. He's, he's, he's a North Carolina guy, but he's a Midwest guy. You know, he's, he's familiar with those kind of tracks and those kind of services based on all his summer nationals, uh, uh, open wheel stuff. And, uh, and I think he has enough experience and definitely has the equipment to, to pull an upset uh, out there. And I'm not sure, you know, if Nick Hoffman wins it, are people going to say, oh, it was a huge upset? I don't know if they will, but to me, it, it'll be a surprise if he wins it. So he's he's my dark horse guy. I like that pick. I, I like it. Going with a uh, uh, the lesser of the standout choices for your winner pick and then a, a dark horse pick that's kind of um, – Maybe a little out of the dark horse range, but still good good picks there, Robert. I like it. So uh, I think that's going to do it for our discussion on the Dome uh, this weekend. We'll obviously have uh, full coverage here at uh, DirtOnDirt.com. Um, uh, Kevin and I will be there covering it uh, with uh, con- all kinds of content. And, of course, on Flow, it'll be live on Flow Racing. So definitely tune in and then stay uh, connected to Dirt on Dirt to keep up with all the, the stories and and uh, news and notes coming out of out of St. Louis this weekend. We'll uh, we'll go ahead and finish up the podcast as we do every week with our one more thing segment where we kind of uh, each go around and say one thing that stood out to us from the past week, uh, whether it be news, uh, results, or whatever it may be, or something coming up that has our attention. Uh, and for this week, I will start with Todd on this one. Todd, what do you got for one more thing? Um, I've been working on our year and stuff as I've done the last couple weeks, and I just wrapped up the photo. Uh, uh, stuff uh, today. We'll have the five best of photos, slideshow videos uh, with the best images that we've uh, that we have uh, uh, received this year. And I just want to take this time to thank all those photographers. We've got lots of photographers, many, many guys that I've worked with for going back 20, 25 years, 20 something years and uh, uh, new photographers all the time. Anyway, thanks to all those photographers for all the the great uh, images they sent us this year. Uh, we had uh, going on 700 slideshows from different races throughout the year. And of course, images to go with lots of stories and such. So so we'll review uh, the best of those uh, in December and, and check out. It's a, it's a great way to, to see uh, uh, to see some of those. It's hard to keep up with all the slideshows all year. So uh, uh, Check out uh, all the best stuff that those photographers have sent us. So thanks to those guys, and uh, thanks for everybody.
leaf mouth the year in coverage next month. That's uh, definitely one of my favorite uh, uh, parts of the best of and year end uh, uh, coverage that we do is the, the uh, best of photography uh, photos slideshow. So definitely looking forward to that one. And as Todd said, thank you to all the photographers who uh, who uh, do do their thing and, and uh, you know make it possible for us to have all those great images throughout the year. Uh, Kevin, what do you got for one more thing? Uh, I'm going to just uh, give a guess a little plug from my column this week. It's going to be uh, subject. Uh, the subject is. Uh, uh, Tata Carpenter and his return after, you know, to, to the dome after winning it two years ago, a real popular win. Everybody, man, he, I chatted with him a little bit. He says, everybody is still talking to him all the time about, uh, about what he did at the dome and his interviews, which were very colorful. He says, he goes, didn't mean to do that. They just comes flowing out of his mouth, he said. But uh, so everybody will be expecting him to do something again. And an interesting little note on, uh, on Tyler is, He's going to be running a, a new engine in this race, and and one he'll have his kryptonite car, of course, uh, owned uh, kryptonite's owned by his father Freddie, and who who will also be racing, and Chris Carpenter, uh, Tyler's uh, older brother. There's going to be a lot of carpenters at the race at the at the dome this weekend, uh, but he uh, with uh with Tyler uh, with underneath the hood, he's going to have a Mullins steel block engine, more of a modified engine. He said he's made a deal with. Uh, uh, with Mullins to to get an engine for this race. I mean, he's had some really rough luck with motors this year. He's had a little bit of a down year. He hasn't won those twenty some races that he usually does. Uh, he says he's he's hurt. He's broken twelve motors this year uh, in, in in a different uh, array of, of ways. You know, not not just explosions of all of them, but he's broken twelve motors. Had motor problems twelve times. So rough year for him. Uh, he's going to Mullins uh, for for the dome, and he thinks that that steel block uh, engine, like we said earlier, again, you don't need that huge engine to run at the dome, and he's uh, hoping that that uh, that steel block uh, will give him the Will, will will be what he needs to to get the job done again. Definitely be uh, interesting to watch and see how all three carpenters do uh, this weekend at the dome. Uh, should add some excitement uh, there. What about you, Robert? What you got for one more thing? Uh, I just wanted to point out uh, a guy who may have gone under the under the radar a bit over the weekend. Uh, it was Carson Ferguson winning uh, two races down there at Swainsboro, sweeping that that deal. Uh, in the uh, crates picked up $10,500. That's an excellent weekend uh, in that division. That's an excellent weekend for Ferguson. A lot of times when we look at headlines and we see, you know, Ferguson wins this or Ferguson sweeps that, of course, our first thought, we're thinking Chris Ferguson. Uh, and then we, when we think about, um, we see a headline that says Overton dominates or Overton wins this. Of course, naturally, we're thinking about Brandon Overton, but two guys down there in that area who have really battled back and forth for a while now, and, and I'll, I expect them to uh, continue that moving forward as they start into more super late model stuff uh, eventually is Carson Ferguson and Cody Overton. Carson won both of those races, and Cody Overton uh, finished second in the first and the, the finale and finished third in the, the second race. So those are two guys that are right there, you know, that I think we're going to get to watch battle uh, for a long time moving forward. And and uh, they did it this past weekend down at Swainsboro. Uh, excellent show down there. So uh, congratulations to to Carson Ferguson for picking up uh, career high weekend. I believe I think he's won ten thousand somewhere, but it was ten thousand five hundred dollars for the weekend. 
Yeah, def definitely an uh, interesting uh, or a good preview, perhaps, of uh, some uh, regional racing in the southeast for Superlet models uh, to come in the in the in, in the future with those two guys uh, going at it down there at Swainsboro. I'll mention for my one more thing uh, another crate race. Uh, I'm going to mention uh, Will Harrington in the crate late model feature that was on the undercard of Cochrane Motor Speedway's Gobbler 100. Uh, uh, Will ran the super late model portion of the race of the event and the street stock portion and had trouble in both with both cars. And I don't think he got to start uh, on Saturday, the feature of either of those. So he, uh, he and his crew ran home and got, uh, got his crate late model and uh, brought it to the track to start from the tail of the crate late model feature. I think there was 17 or 18 crates and uh, came fr from the tail to uh, win it with a last final lap pass of uh, Joseph Brown. So it was a, um, if you saw a video that was pretty dramatic, uh, the way he pulled that off, and after a, a disappointing um, outing with his super, uh, and then the street stock ride he had, um, uh, I think that was, a, was exciting uh, and probably a positive way to end the weekend for him there at his, his home track. So, uh, anyway, I think that's going to do it for uh, this week's episode of the podcast. We will, uh, like I said, have full coverage of uh, everything at the dome this weekend. So stay tuned for that, and then uh, we'll be right back here uh, next week for another episode. Y'all have a great weekend.